All right, a little special edition here this evening. I got a great question from uh, Raphael, and he said, um, "If you know, what were some works? Ten, he said, because ten seems to be the magic numbers. We'll go with ten uh, that you would recommend for someone who's just getting into philosophy um, that are you know not that aren't gonna kill you, right? So like this, is the problem with trying to read Hegel is he's just trying to kill you, and it's not it's not a friendly work to begin with. Important, but not friendly. So, what are some sort of accessible?" Uh, works that are still key to try and get our thinking together and will we'll help you get an introduction to philosophy. And I mentioned this on my uh, lecture on Schopenhauer, that often um, educational institutions err on the side of giving you the most difficult, most impenetrable, least friendly works possible, when in fact there are many, many very accessible, very direct works that you can begin reading um, and really, I mean, basically you can stop reading with them too. I mean, <laughs> you know, by the time I finished this list, I thought, man, you, you know, you can, you can go a long ways in your thinking, um, just, just with these works. And this is idiosyncratic. I could probably, I know I definitely could eliminate these 10 works and suggest a different 10. If I did this in a year, I'd probably rearrange them. Right. So, um, you know, this isn't a particularly, you know, this isn't some uh, the absolute truth. This is just a suggestion uh, that you for for books that you could consider. And my my only real rules were one, relatively short, uh, e relatively easily accessible in the sense of their writing style and the presentation. <clears throat> and I wanted actual works, not summaries or discussions or histories of. I mean, I love those. Don't get me wrong, but. I think often our, our, we tend to spend a little too much time um, in secondary and tertiary sources rather than just getting in there and, and reading, the, reading the works themselves. So here's a collection of relatively short, uh, relatively accessible uh, works that have proven to be uh, significant and appealing and easy to access and in, in many ways just, I think, uh, great. So let's start. And this is in no particular order, by the way. So, you know, um, just this sort of not this isn't going from the best, the worst or the most important, least important or anything like that. This is just sort of a random, random list here. So uh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. So this sort of helps get you into the Roman, you know, Latin school of, of philosophy, of, of obviously one of the key works of Stoicism, so beautifully written, so clear that, uh, you know, it just, it sort of makes me not want to read the other Stoics. Just basically, I mean, Epictetus and stuff, great. You know, Seneca, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, the, wow, the meditations. So the meditations of Marcus Aurelius, I would recommend the George Long translation, although, you know, your mileage may vary. I think that's a good one, uh, one to look for. Um, although if you can't find a particular translation, you know, other, other, other ones are fine. I mean, these are just uh, preferred, uh, generally speaking. <clears throat> uh I think Echo Homo by Friedrich Nietzsche, I was going to suggest Thus Big Zarathustra, but I decided it's kind of too long and just too crazy. But Echo Homo is crazy, but much shorter. <laughs> uh, Kaufman translation, in fact, uh, Kaufman version of this is is very accessible. Great notes, great introduction. Um, is it the Kaufman I have? Now that I think about it, it may not be the Kaufman translation I have it around here someplace. I may have to check on that and get back to you, but it's the Echo Homo um, by Nietzsche. Um, actually, now that I think about it, I don't think it is the Kaufman translation. I have a different one. Um, 
Lives of Eminent Philosophers by Diogenes Laertius. Um, and again, the Charles Duke Young, I think, uh, translation maybe uh, is the one to look for here. This is a bit of a cheat, having just said not secondary. This is, of course, uh, a review of philosophers by somebody else. But the problem is most of the texts and most of the philosophers he reviewed, we don't have any other texts available or just fragments or not too much. So it's sort of our prime source for a lot of these people. But it is a great review, and there's just so many nuggets in there. Some sections aren't that interesting, but some sections are really, I mean, they're just so gripping and so interesting. So I think you'll... Um, you'll find that entertaining. It's, 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 there's just so much good material in there. Also, the nice thing is it can be read in snippets. You know, you can pick one life, and some of the lives are only, you know, a page, two pages, and some are longer. But, you know, you can read more or less and put it down, pick it up. You don't have to, you know, it's not one you read and have to read all the way through. Um, Got to have some Plato, of course. So I was going to uh, plunk for the Symposium and the Phaedrus. Uh, both of them are a little hard to get into. The Symposium, you know, sort of takes a while to get rolling. Um, Phaedrus similarly, but if you think of them more as plays than as like as like serious philosophical arguments, I think it's a little easier to get into them. I mean, they have people talking, and they're you know late for a party, and where's Socrates? And oh, I was invited by Socrates, and now I'm here on my own, and that's kind of awkward, right? So, so that's the beginning of the symposium, and so you know you have these non-philosophical uh, aspects that are important. Um, generally, I'm going to just go with Joet. I, you know, I know there's more recent, uh, more ex precisely correct translations, but boy, his English is good. I mean, he, he, could, he wrote a sentence that, that had, had had punch, so I would say um, go with Joet. Um, readings in classical Chinese philosophy. Um, so this is a cheat because this has uh, Confucius, uh, Lao Tzu, Chuang Tzu, Mencius, and a couple, uh, Hu Xi, I think is in there. Um, a few other ones uh, are in there. And this is, uh, so it is a collection. So again, a bit of a cheat, so, but again, it's all of Chinese philosophy. So, hey, you know, feel free. Most of these works are shorter um, and, and or a selection. So, and again, you know, you can read a little bit, read read a, a chapter or two. I would say most importantly is is the Lao Tzu. I mean, that's the one. And then Confucius, you know, sort of one, two, two, one. I don't know, but um, the, as you get an introduction to sort of the Chinese philosophical tradition, those those two are right there. Um, and it's, and it's uh, the Van Norden um, Ivanhoe edition. They just apparently updated it. I didn't know they had it. I was just checking on that one to see if it was still available. And, hey, it's been updated. So um, it's been around for, oh, must be 20 years at least, maybe longer. I um, feel like I'm getting old. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, it's just a nice collection. There's other selections that, you know, you can have, and there's other collections. But, you know, that's, that's a nice one, good notes, et cetera. Um, Schopenhauer essays and aphorisms. Um, this is a is a, a penguin collection. It's a Hollingsdale translation, not the best translation, by the way, but this is a great collection, and it's in the Penguin edition, so it's easy to get, and it's a nice selection of his essays and aphorisms. So, um, and again, these are short, all kinds of things uh, to read about from Schopenhauer, and um, very accessible, very clear, and, and very sort of. Um, well, he's it's Schopenhauer, so there's a kind of this, you know, this this aggressiveness, this bit of a drive in there all the time. That's that's uh, quite entertaining, and it's selections from his Prologomena uh, collections, of which there's two different ones that have almost the same name, and I was getting confused. But anyway, so he wrote a lot of essays, and Penguin has done a pretty pretty nice job of of selecting those out. I would say, 
Uh, on, in a similar vein, William James' Pragmatism and Other Writings, again, a Penguin classic. Um, that one is, uh, again, great selections from um, some of his lectures that he delivered and some of his other writings and excerpts from, from complete writings. And I think uh, really gives a sense both of his philosophical outlook and, importantly, you can see how influential his ideas have been because a lot of ideas that we have that we think, oh, this is just American way of thinking or something like that, really, you go, oh, well, oh, wait, there it is. Or, well, James is articulating it. Um, he's really the person. It's not that he created all this on his own. Some of he did, some of he didn't. But he really uh, translated a lot of philosophical thought sort of into the American idiom, as it were. And so he's uh, really important and influential for that reason. And, you know, and, and the clarity of his thinking and writing is, is, is stupendous. Um, uh, Rene Descartes' discourse on uh, discourse discourse on method um, and other writings. Again, Penguin Classic. It's a nice translation, by the way. This one from the French. And um, there it is. You know, Descartes. How can you go wrong? Um, he, you know, you can. Of course, Cartesian dualism has been. You know, lots of criticism of it, et cetera, et cetera. But if you have an intellectual context with the background the Penguin gives you to help understand. Uh, why he was making the arguments and the way he was, how this fits into the history of Aristotelianism and, and uh, you know, being at war with uh, the traditional medieval church. It makes a lot more sense on what he was trying to accomplish and why he was trying to think this way. Um, so, um, yeah, Descartes' discourse on methods and other writings. So there's a, there's a quick list. Um, it, most of these are, you know, either the entire book is under 100 pages or the selections that you can read or, you know, maybe five or 10 pages at most, um, short ones, long ones. But, you know, these are easily digestible, something you can read in one sitting or two sittings and get a good chapter or a, an essay or, you know, a, a collection of parables all down. You can take some notes, you can ponder, you can think, you know, it's not something where you have to have sustained attention over five or six months to try and work through. This is the problem with Aristotle, right? He just, you know, he just kills you, grinds you down with, I mean, great stuff like Nicomachean ethics and, uh, you, you know, his, just so many, it's just great, his ethics um, and, and other writings, by the way, but they're all immense and they all just, you, you just have to have the sustained concentration. Um, and it's it's a rough it's a rough go I would say, but not these these selections most of them like I said you can sit down you can read them in an hour or two at most take notes go back what I like about them is they're short and you can reread them at one sitting which I always find hugely helpful um, and then you're off and rolling. So uh, last note on this I would say many of these works have great introductions and great footnotes. If you haven't read the books before, I would say it's it's always recommend reading the material itself first because you know if it has an author's introduction, that's okay. But if it has an introduction from someone who's edited these collections, which most of these will have, you know, forget all that. You come to it with your mind for the first time and take what you get from it. Because what happens is when you get someone else's introduction, particularly these very convincing and knowledgeable scholars. There's a reason they're editing these works, right? Because they're, they're, they're serious thinkers. Uh, it sort of preloads your thinking. So you see the things they suggested you're going to see because somebody just suggested you would see that. And you may not be as aware or, or pick up on some other elements that might be equally important or maybe just interesting to you 
um, because you have this other voice in your head. So you're, you're going to encounter one of the great philosophical historical voices already. And I think for the first run through, just sit down with them um, and, you know, start that dialogue, start that, you know, questioning, answering back and forth, taking notes. And then after you've gone through the, you know, a section or gone through maybe the whole work, depending on how long it is, then you can stop and go, okay, now I want to go back and read the introduction. And sometimes you'll go, oh, I got that wrong or whatever. But that's great. That's fine. But it, I think it's better to be, you know, have your own insights, some of which turn out not to be that great first, rather than have someone else filter all that out for you and kind of preload your mind. And so then you're reading to be, you know, right in the sense of, oh, now I see I'm agreeing with the, with the person who wrote, wrote the preface, right? Then I don't think that's great at all. So if you're going to sit down with the classics, I'd say the first time you go through them, just give it some time and, and, and do it with you. You encounter it with a clean mind, one of these great minds from the past. Um, and, you know, how bad can it be? It's going to be great, I would say. So great question, Raphael. Um, I worked with Milo on creating this list. You know, we had a nice long argument and discussion and, you know, it was very helpful. Uh, and so thank you very much. And I hope anybody who reads some of these will enjoy it and tell me if you hated or loved the works. Oh, also tell me what I forgot, because I know, you know, when you do these things, God, you know you forgot something. And I'm just, or probably five things. I'm like, oh, I really should have included that. So thank you.